welcome to a show where you will hear about how our liberty is being eroded by the very people that swear an oath to protect it. Today, the president signed a big new anti-terrorism bill that would expand the government's ability to track down terrorists, but at some cost. On this show, we will discuss many of the lies that the government, the government that hates us, by the way, we will discuss the lies that the people in positions of power and influence spread every day. And what is the best way to confuse children? Confuse them about their sexuality, confuse them about their gender, expose them to things that their little brains are not ready for yet. That is how they are confusing children. It is leading to chaos. And big daddy government, of course, can be there to pick, up, pick us all up and take care of us at the end of it. We will also talk about how current elected leadership at all levels of government has been corrupted by power and control, as well as discuss the types of leadership needed to correct our republic's course. We the people. It was time to remember that we the people are the government. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians, that's the number one priority for the United States right now. I am your host, Larry Linton, retired U.S. Navy Command Master Chief and prior Tennessee House of Representatives District 12 candidate, and welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. Welcome to this week's show, ladies and gentlemen. The topic of liberty is up in the rotation today, and how appropriate given the news and events from this past week. First, there is the news that the GOP majority finally voted in a Speaker of the House. We'll discuss those efforts and I will give you my thoughts on what transpired and the impact it had and will have on the citizens' liberty later in this show. Second, I attended another Sevier County Board of Education meeting on Monday this past week. I have to tell you that I came away with more questions and a surprising observation. Imagine that. And third, I must tell you that last Saturday's East Tennessee Grassroots Leadership Summit, hosted by Empowered Severe, was an incredible event. We'll talk about the Grassroots Leadership Summit first this week. The reason for discussing the summit should be obvious. It is because state and local efforts, true grassroots efforts, they need to be the priority for our focus. Of course, the discussions at the summit were Tennessee-specific with little mention of national news, and as I just said, that's how it should be as well. The battles that conservatives must engage in have to be fought at the local and the state level, because it is only when the states relearn how to assert their sovereignty over the federal government that the national government can be fixed and returned to its constitutionally limited role. The lineup of speakers at the summit were incredible. I have met with many of them in the past couple of years and months, and their information is only getting better with time. Like a fine wine, I guess, but I wouldn't know since I don't drink wine, fine or otherwise. As I was saying, the speakers and their information were impressive, so much so that I have asked a few of them to come on the podcast in the future, to which they agreed. I am so looking forward to talking with them and letting them share their tactics, techniques, and procedures, those TTPs, and how they can be utilized to restore liberty to the citizens here in Tennessee. There is something else that I came away from that summit with that I must tell you about. It can be summed up in one word. Encouraged. 
because it appears that a bunch of different conservative groups are waking up to the fact that to be successful in this effort, this effort to restore liberty, these separate groups are willing to work together in this important work that is required to restore constitutional principles back to all levels of government. There were more than 160 citizens at this summit, representing several different grassroots groups, and all of them are now working together. Maybe, just maybe, conservative groups are opening a new chapter in the playbook, if you know what I mean. Some of the groups represented were Citizens for Renewing America, Turning Point USA Faith, Americans for Prosperity, AMAC, Tennessee Right to Life, Kingdom Culture Education, Empowered Knox, Empowered Jefferson, East Tennessee Conservatives, Kathy Harms, who is an election integrity advocate for Tennessee, and of course, Tennessee Stands Director Gary Humble, and of course, the group that organized the event, Empowered Severe, which is led by Kelly O'Connor. Pastor Keith Nix from Lyft Church was in attendance as well and delivered an awesome and encouraging message for everybody present. Once again, I will encourage the listeners to get involved in any number of grassroots organizations like these where you live. Nobody is coming to save you but yourself. If you don't get involved, you cannot complain about what is happening all around you. If you don't get involved, your children and your grandchildren, heck, all of your future generations, will never know the true promise of liberty that is supposed to be protected by our Constitution. They will never know the liberty that you currently enjoy. Which, by the way, those liberties are fewer than our grandparents enjoyed if we get right down to it. This is especially true for those people that just quote-unquote want to be left alone. If you know somebody like that, those people that don't want to get involved because they want to be left alone, you have to show them that there is zero chance of being left alone by any level of government. Our government hates the fact that our constitutions limit it and not the citizens. All levels of government hate the fact that our federal and state constitutions establish the citizens as the sovereign in our republic. So by extension, our government hates us. The only reason our government tolerates us is that it cannot function without the revenue we provide it with the taxes on our income. Is there any wonder why the Founding Fathers did not include a tax on our income as a means to fund the government? Also, is there any wonder to the lengths that government went to in order to get that amendment passed, which grants it the first cut of our personal wealth, our sweat equity? We have discussed all of this in the past many times, but it bears repeating in this topic of liberty. There is very little chance that government is already not leaving anybody alone, especially outside of its primary role of securing the people's liberty. First of all, as I just mentioned, the government, all levels of government, have placed themselves firmly in our wallets and our purses. So much so that we are at a point in our nation's history where people do not know how much money they actually earn they just know how much they bring home. Right off the bat, when every adult and even teenage Americans that are employed, when they wake up and they go to their place of employment, Uncle Sam is already involved in their lives. The federal government, along with state governments that tax the fruits of an individual's labor, 
have turned those same American citizens into slaves of the world. These same governments are using our own income against us to make cultural changes that suits its needs, not the needs of the sovereign citizens. They use our sweat equity to perform extra-constitutional roles that are far outside of government's primary function. And here recently, they are using our sweat equity to fund a corrupt government's war to enforce its territorial sovereignty overseas, while ignoring our own territorial integrity here at home. Ignored to the point that millions of people are crossing our southern border, bringing their anti-American culture of sex and drug trafficking with them, bringing their callous disregard for not only our set of laws, but often their callous disregard for the sanctity of life. That is just the beginning of every citizen not being left alone. The electricity we use in our houses, heavily regulated by the government and, of course, taxed. The cars we use to get to work and back home, yep, that too is heavily regulated and taxed by the government as well. Keep that in mind for a bit later in the show as we discuss another Tennessee-specific item our government is considering as another method of draining our sweat equity. The places where we work and play, yep, you guessed it, the government is involved in those spaces as well. And not always, heck, predominantly, they are involved in ways that infringe upon the people's liberty. Just pick an area of anybody's everyday lives and there is a branch or department of government that is regulating, promoting, taxing, or suppressing it. That is what many of these grassroots organizations are working on correcting. A restoration of, more like forcing government back into its constitutionally limited roles, thereby ensuring that government no longer infringes on the people's liberty. So, Get involved. If you live here in Sevier County, Empowered Sevier is a great place to start. The same with Knox and Jefferson Counties. Look them up. Volunteer your time and effort with these groups. Every little bit helps. Because nobody is left alone by the government and the more the people realize this, the better results we'll get. Before we move on with the rest of the show, let's pause for a word from the show's sponsor, Anchor.fm. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you are considering creating or even listening to a podcast, I highly recommend using Anchor.fm. This show's growth can be directly attributed to the tools available at Anchor and how it automatically distributes this show across many of the major podcast platforms. Now let's get back to liberty and taxes. In the opening segment, I referred to another way in which the state of Tennessee is looking to get further into our pockets. Our supposedly conservative governor, Bill Lee, he recently proposed to institute toll roads, or something called choice lanes, to be built and maintained by the private sector through a state partnership official. Governor Lee stated that this will be a needed investment due to the explosion in growth our state is experiencing. Remember, whenever anybody that is in government says investment, hold on to your wallets. 
Now, mind you, the state of Tennessee is already experiencing a budget surplus in the billions of dollars. Combine that with the growth in population, meaning that with more residents, that will result in an increase in the tax base and the tax revenue. The state of Tennessee's, well, heck, any government's, insatiable appetite for our sweat equity cannot be quenched with revenue mechanisms already in place. Of course, government officials have to craft language to sell this idea to Tennesseans. Just some more of those artful lies that we have discussed on previous shows. Anyway, Governor Lee said that the state will not raise the gas tax or issue new road debt to fund the improvements. He wants the state to look for a public-private partnership to build the toll lanes and then have users pay tolls to use the additional lanes. Government is getting Tennesseans to buy off on these toll roads with the promise to not raise the gas tax. Just what exactly is the gas tax supposed to pay for? Yep, you guessed it, roads. This reminds me of a meme that floats around the internet occasionally that points out the absurdity of the reasons government proposes these taxes and fees for its citizens. It goes something like this. Hey government, would you kindly fix the road I was already taxed to fix so I'm not causing damage to the car I am taxed annually to drive and pay taxes on as well, which I purchased with the income you already taxed which now sits in the driveway of my home that is already taxed. That perfectly captures the concept that people who just want to be left alone fail to realize. Nobody is left alone by government. Let me ask you all a question as it relates to toll highways, though. What happens to those toll lanes once these roads are paid for? Don't venture a guess until I tell you a little story. Many of you know that I spent my teenage years in central New York before I joined the Navy. I lived in a small town just a bit north of Syracuse, right in the buckle of the snow belt. Anyway, I moved there in 1982. There's an interstate there called the New York State Thruway, which many people have to use to get to and from work. This highway was first proposed in 1949, and the first section was opened in 1954, and the remainder of it in 1955. Now, fast forward to the year I moved to New York. Again, that was 1982. That year, an article was published in the New York Times that had the headline of this, quote, Throughways tolls to end in 96 with federal aid. Well, now we have to fast forward again to this year, 2023. Are there still tolls on the New York State Thruway? Of course there are. Does it receive federal aid? Yes. At least it did in 2021 that I can see. Did tolls end on the thruway in 1996? Nope. The closest thing to eternal life that we will experience in this temporary home is a government tax or a government program. So there are still tolls on this road in 2023, at least 27 years after they were supposed to end. Do you want to know why they have not removed the tolls from the New York State Thruway? Not the stated reason, but the real reason. Well, I looked up the financials for the New York State Thruway. North of $77 million in revenue that the Thruway generates. You would think that's a lot of money, 
And it is. But that is just the amount for the month of September 2022. That works out to be nearly a billion dollars in revenue every year. What government is going to give that money up? Absolutely none. Hence the toll still being imposed on this road that drivers are already taxed to maintain via the gas tax. It's all smoke and mirrors when any government official tries to sell the populace on what turns out to be just a way to ensure they can have another method of confiscating our sweat equity. Yep, people are just being left alone when they don't get involved and just keep driving to work, right? Now let's couple this new proposal here in Tennessee to access our sweat equity for the stated purpose of building and maintaining roads with something we discussed last week. I mentioned how the Tennessee Department of Children's Services is asking for a huge increase to their budget so they can continue to fail the children of this state. We already talked about how Tennessee already has a budget surplus that could fund our roads, but we also have an agency that doesn't work very well asking for more of our money so they can continue to waste it. DCS is already funded at about a billion dollars a year. The proposal for these toll roads here in Tennessee are being called the Transportation Modernization Act of 2023. But the only thing really being modernized is another confiscatory way for the state government to take our sweat equity and waste it. Taxes, tolls, fees, and regulations are turning citizens of this state and of this nation into slaves without the name. The amount of our sweat equity that government allows us to keep is just in order to maintain a facade of freedom. I'm actually sorry to report that I was not able to make it up to Nashville on the opening day for the new General Assembly. I mentioned last week that I was interested in going to Nashville with a group of patriots, but I had a work obligation pop up. Now, I do know some people that went up there and hope to get a debrief on what they encountered and reactions to the presence by the members of the General Assembly. But speaking of interacting with the General Assembly, I sent an email off to the Tennessee Speaker of the House this past week, not really thinking I would receive a response, but lo and behold, I did receive one, and quite quickly, which was surprising, by the way. Anyway, I sent off an email to Speaker Cameron Sexton expressing my concern with the certain so-called pro-life legislators, him included, changing their position on Tennessee's trigger law ban on abortions in this state. And apparently, he didn't catch on to my pointing out his hypocrisy on legislation that provides affirmative defenses. Tennessee's Human Life Protection Act has within it an affirmative defense for doctors that perform abortions in order to save the mother's life. In light of this, we have to go back to when some truly conservative legislators in the Tennessee General Assembly wanted to move our state towards real constitutional carry. Speaker Sexton was not completely on board with that. Instead, what we got passed here in Tennessee, and what some Republican members of the legislature still like to call constitutional carry, is nothing more than an affirmative defense to the crime of carrying a weapon with the intent to go armed. Mr. John Harris of the Tennessee Firearms Association has spoken about that on this program a couple of times, 
as well as many times with his organization while they're advocating to change the code here in Tennessee. Basically, what the law here in Tennessee states is this. Tennessee Code Annotated 39-17-1307, subparagraph A, subparagraph 1, states, a person commits an offense who carries, with the intent to go armed, a firearm or a club. What that part of the code really means is that it is a crime to carry any firearm in Tennessee with the intent to go armed. Explain to me any other reason for carrying a firearm, please. A club, sure. But what other reason for carrying a firearm would a person have other than the intent to go armed? That law is so broad, in fact, that it is even a crime to carry a firearm with the intent to go armed, now get this, on your own property, in your own home, without a permit. How do we know that is true? Because that same code makes each of those factors a defense to the criminal charge. When something is a defense or an exception to a criminal charge, it places the burden on the citizen to prove to a law enforcement officer or a jury that the individual's conduct satisfied the elements of the defense. What the so-called Republicans here in Tennessee passed, with Speaker Sexton's encouragement, was Governor Lee's permitless carry law, which almost every single one of them incorrectly calls constitutional carry. But right now, what we have happening in Tennessee is that several Republican lawmakers who did not ever expect to see Roe v. Wade overturned and Tennessee's Human Life Protection Act, which they call the trigger law, they didn't expect it to actually go into effect. Even though the law has an affirmative defense in it for the protection of the mother's life, now all of a sudden these weak politicians have a problem with an affirmative defense in that law. In a recent interview that Speaker Sexton gave, he had this to say, quote, I don't think it's reasonable to make a physician prove their innocence. So let's go back to the normal way the judicial system is that you have to prove they are guilty, unquote. Based upon that statement, what are we to think? Well, I know what I think. The lawmakers that now want to change Tennessee's Human Life Protection Act and that belong to the pro-life party and the party of liberty, meaning the GOP, when it comes to actually defending the unborn, their principles aren't that firm. They don't believe in an affirmative defense in that law, but are perfectly fine with an affirmative defense when it comes to our God-given right to self-defense. Oh, the hypocrisy of it all. In Speaker Sexton's response to me, he now states that he is supportive of making changes in a bill that fixes the permitless carry bill. If he and the rest of the Tennessee GOP legislators were really supportive of making Tennessee a true constitutional carry state, all it would take would be to strike the sentence with the words, with the intent to go armed, from the current law. Their inaction on that, removing just one sentence for many years now, is demonstrative of the intentions to not have true constitutional carry in Tennessee. What happens to unarmed populations, ladies and gentlemen? Well, they are turned into slaves. Look around you at all levels of government, and you can see that they work just as hard as eroding our liberty and confiscating our sweat equity as they do at trying to maintain the facade of freedom for the citizens. 
Which now brings me to my attendance at the school board meeting earlier this week. Again, it was a meeting where they talked amongst themselves without input from the people. Granted, nobody signed up to address the board this week, but it would not have been any different than the meetings in the past if a citizen, which is the board's employer, had addressed the board with a concern or a comment. They also voted and approved the use of facilities by groups or organizations without naming them in the meeting. I believe, especially with all the garbage and cultural rot that is permeating society today, that as the actual owners of those facilities, meaning the citizens and taxpayers of Sevier County, maybe we should be informed on the specifics of what groups and organizations are being allowed to use the facilities we paid for. These drag queen shows for quote-unquote all ages or that are as built as quote-unquote family-friendly are popping up all over the country right now. And I would not be surprised if one of those groups requested to use a taxpayer-paid facility for one of their shows of depravity. Yet here we citizens were attending a meeting that is really just a facade of freedom while the school board approves the use of facilities by groups or organizations that are not named on the agenda. It should not take an open records request to find out this information, but that is where we are in our nation right now. That's where we are in Sevier County with our school board right now. So I'm going to send one off and I'll be sure and let the audience know who these groups or organizations are. Oh, another thing about these school board meetings. Just a couple of years ago, they were sparsely attended meetings. Then, parents and taxpayers started paying attention and began to pack the room. Well, the room was packed this past Monday, but it wasn't mostly by parents and taxpayers. It seems that the word has gone out to the school district employees to start attending these meetings as well, filling up the room. Now, isn't that just a bit strange? It's almost as if the school board and the school district are attempting a show of force to try and intimidate people and keep them from coming and speaking. It would be hilarious if it were not such an obvious tactic that is employed by totalitarian governments. Well, I didn't leave myself much time to talk about what happened in the House of Representatives that eventually led to voting McCarthy in as the Speaker. I'll leave that up to next week's episode when we do talk about leadership. The fake-it-until-you-make-it type of leadership. That's it for this week's show, ladies and gentlemen. Before we close, we have this week's wisdom from God's Word, and it comes to us from 1 Corinthians 7.23. God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. When God created mankind in His image, He provided us with free will. In other words, our free will is us, imaging our Creator. Now, granted, our free will has gotten us into trouble sometimes, but still, it is a gift from our Creator. The Creator that loved us so much that He gave His one and only Son to die on a cross and rise from the dead in order for us to have a personal relationship with Him. What a high price to pay, don't you think? If you don't think so, consider this. Would any of you allow your child to be sacrificed so that you could have a relationship with everybody on the planet? I believe we all know the answer to that. Our Creator paid a high price so that we all could continue to exercise free will. The free will to believe in Him and have eternal life, 
or to not believe in him and suffer the most extreme of consequences. Now here we are, his imagers of free will on this planet, the masterpiece of his creation, and we are willingly giving up our free will. We're giving it up to a government that was originally created to secure our liberty, our freedom. Our creator paid a high price so that we would all not become slaves of the world. Let's all act accordingly to that high price that was paid. Thank you all for listening this week, and I pray that you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.